Welcome to NinjaCast, a photography podcast powered by Studio Ninja, the world's highest rated business management app built specifically for photographers. Listen and learn as the most successful photographers on the planet share their knowledge to help you transform every element of your photography business. Here's your host, Sally Shaw. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of NinjaCast. Today I'm joined by the wonderful Julie Muir. I'm really excited today. We're going to be covering a topic that we've never covered on NinjaCast before, and that is how to operate your business and how to be successful in the wedding industry as an introvert. Let's get started. Hey Julie, how are you? Hi Sally, good, thank you. Good. It's so good to have you on the show. Thank you so much for carving out some time to come and chat with us. I really, really appreciate it. For our listeners that might not know who you are, Julie, give us a little bit of backstory to you in the wedding industry and what you do. Yeah, sure. Well, first of all, I just want to say, yeah, thank you so much for having me. I know you mostly focus on interviewing photographers, so I'm so grateful that you took a chance on a celebrant. (laughs) And it's great because I know there are tons of celebrants who use, you know, Studio Ninja and listen to this podcast. So thank you. Absolute pleasure. Yeah, so a little bit about me. So yeah, I'm Julie. I'm Irish, as you can probably hear from my accent. Um, I don't think we have subtitles today, but at least I know that you will understand me, Sally. (laughs) You're not too far across the pond from me. (laughs) Exactly. You're English, but we're from really similar part of the world. Um, So yeah, I'm very far from home now. I live in Newcastle, Australia with my Australian husband and my toddler. And I've been a celebrant in the wedding industry for about, about seven or eight years now. I mostly focus on big weddings, like I've done over 350 of those. And like many celebrants, I also do emceeing, baby namings, funerals. I have my finger in lots of revenue streams. I also do marriage preparation courses, celebrant mentoring. I sell eco confetti and I run comedy writing workshops for celebrants oh I know, but it's all under the, yeah it's all under the celebrant banner and um, a lot of people don't know this about me but I'm actually an introvert and I conquered my fear of not being outgoing or funny enough and now I just really want to share my story and help other introverted business owners like me thrive in the wedding industry that's amazing I love that introduction I feel like I know you really well already Julie so talk to me a little bit about an introvert. I mean, it's absolutely something we've not covered on the podcast before. So straight away, we're hitting fresh ground, which is wonderful. So what does it mean to be an introvert? What does it mean specifically to be an introvert in the wedding industry? Yeah, well, the first thing is, boy, oh boy, introverts, we kind of get a bad rap. You know, people think we're these like hermit-like creatures hiding in caves. And I just really want to set the record straight. You know, Being an introvert is obviously way more nuanced than that. Um, It is quite hard to define. You know, we are the masters of introspection. We're the people who prefer deep conversations and we don't mind our own company. Generally, you know, I am stereotyping a little bit. We're not a fan of a rowdy party with a gazillion people. I would much rather have like a chill hangout with a few close friends. Mm. But, you know, introversion is actually really hard to define and there's no like you know globally accepted definition which I think is part of the problem I think some people don't even realize that they are actually introverts themselves Mm. because the biggest misbelief is that introverts don't enjoy socializing that's the biggest misconception um 
And that's not true. So introverts can enjoy socializing, but we just get really overwhelmed with too much socializing. So I think like if you're trying to figure out if you're an introvert or not, the defining feature in my mind is like when you're around other people, after you've been around other people, do you feel energized or do you, does your energy basically get zapped from being around other people? And um, so introverts, like we definitely need our alone time to recharge and like replenish our energy levels. So, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of a weird one. There's like. It's not set in stone either, just to add another complexity into the mix worn with like an introvert tattoo on her head you know I actually used to be an ESTJ for those that know the Myers-Briggs test and then like E standing for extrovert and then I actually redid the test and I got I for introvert and it kind of proved what I suspected which is I've actually become more introverted as I've become older yeah yeah um, definitely I guess it's um I guess that can almost change your time of life as well, you know, like as you like you say, as you get older, I think naturally when you get older, you do gravitate to, you know, your close-knit clan and, you know, the people that you want to be around that make you feel comfortable anyway. Um, yeah. But then even more so, you know, some people really do pull, pull back on that and they just want to be with, you know, their people. Um, I think... Yeah. I almost think that, you know, you can almost be an extrovert and an introvert at the same time and have some of those qualities all mixed in one. What do you think? Mm, I'm not sure on this one, but I do know that like when I looked into it, there was an American study that said basically 77% of people are not on the extremes. Mm. So I hate to break it to you, but this podcast will probably only appeal to about 15% of people. <laughs> <laughs> um I don't know. I think, yeah, you do hear the phrase like ambivert, those people that are more in the middle, or you do sometimes hear the phrase extroverted introvert, mm. which I don't know. I think an extroverted introvert, if you go back to the definition that I was saying about whether you get energized or depleted, then I think those are people that are probably introverts that haven't accepted it yet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess that that totally makes sense, though. You know, you're 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 pushing yourself because you think you should be enjoying being out and around these big crowds of people and that you should be having the best time of your life. But actually by the end of the night, you're done. Like you're just yeah. you sleep it off I the like next to, day. Yeah. I like to say that I'm like a social butterfly in reverse or like a butterfly in reverse. So like I turn into a cozy caterpillar afterwards who needs a cocoon <laughs> basically. Yeah. So you won't catch me making plans like uh, after if I do a big wedding on a Saturday, you won't catch me making plans on a Saturday night or sometimes even the next day because I just know that my socializing tank will be bone dry. Absolutely. I mean, as um, a comparison, obviously, I'm a wedding photographer, you're a celebrant, but there's a, a thing amongst wedding photographers, certainly over here in the UK, and we call it the wedding hangover. Like we go oh, and not yes. only is it, you know, the physical element of going out and shooting a wedding and that kind of thing, but just from having to be, you know, this big smiley, you know, person facing um, extrovert all day long and be your best self is exhausting. Um, and I am totally the same. The day after a wedding, I'm just like, nobody needs to speak to me. I just need to be on my own and just recover. Totally. I can identify with that 100%. <laughs> so talk to me about how you discovered that you were an introvert your realization that that was who you were yeah so I'd been like a celebrant for a few years and then it kind of hit me like I felt different from a lot of my 
fellow celebrants like we'd network, we'd swap stories and, you know, we'd dish out business advice. But something about it all, it just didn't quite click with me. Like, don't get me wrong. I respect my colleagues. I respected my colleagues and their expertise. But the advice from extroverted celebrants or from other outgoing wedding professionals, it just didn't quite strike a chord. Um, it was probably, it was a few years ago. So maybe in around 2019, I was at a national celebrant conference in Sydney and I was surrounded by a sea of very vibrant personalities. I'll put it like that. And it really, it really hit me that there are basically two distinct breeds of celebrants and probably photographers kind of roaming around the world, the wedding world. So like, first up, you've got your extroverted celebrants, you know, they know how to work a room. These guys are like the natural entertainers shining the spotlight on themselves easily. You know, they've got a knack for social media that leaves the rest of us in awe. They're really good at promoting themselves and, you know, they're the life of the party and they know how to command attention. And then there's the other type of person, the other, and that's like, I'm going to call us more of the facilitators. So, you know, we're not super keen on being in the spotlight but we kind of thrive instead on shining the spotlight, you know, maybe back on the couple. And mm-hmm. um, I'm sure like all the extroverts out there are like scratching their heads thinking like, why on earth did you become a celebrant if you're shy or nervous or don't like attention? But <laughs> no, <laughs> there are more of us introverted, you know, wedding professionals out there than you might think. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're just quietly navigating this industry, working our magic behind the scenes. And um, And I just want to make it super clear, obviously, like neither path is right or wrong. It's just, you know, obviously it's just a different way of operating. Like there are couples for every type of celebrant, just as there are couples for every type of photographer. So yeah, obviously like no judgment on any other, you know, on my celebrant colleagues or any other wedding professionals. We're all just kind of, you know, doing our own thing in this, in this industry. And, but yeah, once I had my personal epiphany, everything changed for me. I actually rebranded. And I stopped attempting to be extra like I had done in the past because that's what I thought all engaged couples wanted from their celebrant. And basically, once I embraced my introverted nature and like accepted who I truly was, it just made running my business a whole lot easier. Like I kind of realized the power of just playing to my own strengths and I stopped trying to compare myself to the extroverted showstoppers. Absolutely. I think, I mean, just taking it out of celebrants or photographers or the wedding industry as a whole, like people in the world are all so different, aren't they? And they all have their own strengths and they all have their own way of going about things. And that a lot of that stems back to who they are as people. So I think, you know, extrovert or introvert, your business is still a reflection of you. So to to have found who you feel you truly are is only a good thing for your business, right? Like competitor research is great, but when all you see is like extroverted business owners being successful, it it can be really discouraging until, of course, you realize that you don't need to be like that or copy the way that other people are doing things. Yeah, it's all about being authentic. Absolutely, 100%. So we've kind of touched briefly there on strengths. I want to delve into that a little bit more with you. So what strengths do you feel like an introverted wedding pro or a wedding celebrant has that, you know, maybe those extroverts that love, you know, being in the center of a room maybe don't have? Well, yeah, like we touched on, I think success in the wedding industry or like in any industry, like it isn't about, yeah, trying to fit into anyone else's sparkly shoes it's about yeah showing up authentically being your true self and sticking in your own lane and I really believe that introverts like bring their own unique flavor and have their own strengths 
yeah, we definitely have our own special sauce, but um, we don't often shout it from the rooftops. So, you know, um, let me think. So, yeah, like we're not the loudest people in the room or, you know, but like we have depth, sensitivity and a real knack for creating beautiful, intimate moments. And like I said, there's like loads of clients out there who are craving exactly what we bring to the table. So the specific skills that I think we have now before the extroverts jump up and down, I don't want to say that extroverts don't have these skills, of course, of course. But if, you know, if you want to market yourself and you want to like lean into your strengths, these are the ones that I think, you know, might resonate. So listening, introverts, they generally excel at, you know, listening, absorbing information. So they kind of have the natural inclination to play pay close attention. And that kind of allows us to understand what our clients wants are so yeah that's the number one um I also think we have high attention to detail like yeah we kind of tend to be detail oriented and have kind of like an eye for the subtleties so you know as a celebrant or a photographer that means you can kind of pick up on the nuances of a couple's relationship and that can help us either write the ceremony or you know craft beautiful images I think introverted photographers in particular what I've noticed is they're really good observers and so yeah they're really good at noticing like small details picking up on emotions and capturing candid moments that maybe other photographers aren't as good at um what else empathy so I think that introverts have a really heightened sense of empathy or emotional intelligence so they're pretty good at tuning into the couple's emotions and also understanding the significance of certain moments throughout the day. And this allows introverted celebrants and photographers to create a safe space for the couple so that they feel kind of understood and supported. And yeah, I mean, I even go as far as to say that I think that that bond can help create more emotionally charged photographs I mm. think so yeah absolutely and you know little personal kind of input from me that I had a wedding celebrant for my own wedding rather than you know the standard over here in the UK is like a council registrar or something registrar, like that yeah. but I was really keen having obviously seen so many ceremonies that I didn't want the cookie cutter standard spiel that they read out at a wedding ceremony I wanted something really personal and I was absolutely dreading having to be stood in front of a room full of everyone that I knew a center of attention having to walk down this big set of stairs in front of them all and then stand there and speak and I was like my voice is just not gonna work (laughs) and so we chose a celebrant to try and make our ceremony more personalized to us but more light-hearted more funny and do you know our celebrant absolutely nailed it and everyone was laughing their way through the ceremony and then they were equally there were you know really gorgeous romantic bits as well we wrote our own vows and things like that and but even with our vows we made them like personal to us so at the time my husband and I were like die hard watching The Walking Dead and one of my um, vows were I promise never to watch The Walking Dead without you like it was almost trying to kind of just we were getting married but we were still ourselves at the same time and I remember thinking that had I been in that same situation with the cookie cutter you know readings being read at me I think I'd have just melted into the ground like I don't think I'd have coped with it but I remember 
you know, almost feeling like as a couple, as you know, as as not a wedding supplier, as as the person stood there relying on the professional, that I think we chose her because she totally gelled with what we needed. So, you know, when you potentially got an introverted couple out there, they're going to gravitate towards you and what you do because you're an introvert and because you're showing those things. Well, first of all, I'm so glad that you had such a good experience with your wedding and with your celebrant because it really <laughs> is like a once in a lifetime thing to get right. And yeah. it's so cool that in Australia, in England, in Canada and America, like more couples are starting to value what celebrants do. It's really, it's a really awesome time to be in the industry. And yeah, I'm glad that you found a good celebrant. Yeah. Do you think, yeah, a good celebrant can bring the light and the shade and that personalization and What you've said is reminding me that there's another strength that I think introverts can bring. And okay, so they might not always bring the high energy of the extroverts, but they can bring a sense of calm to a wedding day and often create an atmosphere where a couple can feel at ease and in the moment. Um, I think introverted photographers in particular they kind of have a discreet approach. That's my experience from working with them and from observing them. They're pretty skilled at being like unobtrusive and blending into the background. And this kind of allows them to capture candid moments without disrupting the flow of the day. So yeah, I think it's about, yeah, it's good for couples to search for wedding vendors that um, are aligned with them. Now, I'm not saying that introverts can only work with introverts and extroverts can only work with extroverts, but I think it's good to be aware of who you're working with. So you can either amp it up or potentially tone it down, depending on who you're working with. Yeah, absolutely. So I feel like we need to pick your brains a little bit more here, Julie. What advice can you give to business owners who, you know, they may be introverted or they may be listening to this and thinking, I'm ticking a lot of these boxes and I never realized that this was me. Like what, what's your advice as a business for them? Mm. Good question. My first piece of advice is <laughs> try and find some other introverts to hang out with. So, <laughs> you know, it can, you know, connecting with other introverts in the wedding industry can be a game changer. Like if you're feeling overwhelmed or you're struggling, especially in the early stage of your business, my best advice is to seek out a supportive tribe who shares your values and understands your unique perspective. So you kind of need to look for spaces and communities where you feel comfortable and can connect with like-minded people for that support that you need. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not suggesting for a second that you should completely isolate yourself from all the extroverted wedding pros. You know, of course, it's really beneficial to, you know, mix with other people and get diverse perspectives and, you know, be open to new ideas. Actually, I have a good example. Probably the most extroverted celebrant in Australia um, is called Holy Matrimonti. And for example, he does some of his ceremonies in his undies. This is a real thing. Couples book him to do this. He's probably one of the most popular celebrants in Australia. Sometimes he wears clothes. Sometimes he doesn't wear many clothes. And so that's the kind of extrovert that he is. And we often swap business advice. Like I said, it didn't always gel. But one thing he pushed me to do was to swear more during my ceremonies and that was way outside my comfort zone but I have been doing it to good effect and I have him to thank for that you know for pushing me to do that you know you need to surround yourself with supportive people like particularly introverts and yeah and then also be open to hanging out with extroverts you know you get you get what I'm saying absolutely the next thing it's kind of the next thing it's kind of along a similar vein but I would say like just be careful of listening to generic business advice like when it comes to business advice it's really essential that you bring like a kind of a critical mindset like when you're an introvert because 
I find that more often than not, business advice often stems from the experiences and the perspectives of extroverts. And that's just not really, it doesn't fully resonate with an introverted business owner. So instead of just like blindly accepting advice, you know, just take some time to figure out if it aligns with your personality, your strengths, your goals, you know, and you might need to adapt it. Like, so a good example would be like, obviously, Instagram reels are like a huge thing. And I really pushed myself to dance and point and all that. But I just didn't feel comfortable with it. It just wasn't right for me. So, you know, yeah. So like on the same kind of topic, I would say like, if you do end up getting like a mentor or a coach or something like that, like I would say, try and pick one that understands you. And my next bit of advice is just be careful to watch out for imposter syndrome. So I think most people will have heard of imposter syndrome, but like, just in case, it's basically like, just want to define it for people it's basically like when you maybe feel a bit undeserving or inadequate or kind of like a fraud in your industry mm-hmm. and many people kind of experience this kind of insecurity or fear of being exposed as an imposter in their careers and so I think like lots of people in the wedding industry and um, suffer from imposter syndrome but especially introverts so you know it's pretty common for us to feel like we don't fit in or that we need to adopt extroverted qualities to succeed and like we touched on it. Yeah, like social media platforms like Instagram can just exacerbate those feelings when you're comparing to really yourself to really bubbly people on camera. But yeah, yeah so I would, yeah, I think it would just watch out for imposter syndrome. <laughs> um, actually, I have a few tips. If you ha- Do I have time to just give a few tips of on that? Of course you do. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, so I kind of really delve deep into this uh, idea of posture syndrome because I suffered from it myself. So a few tips I would say to people is there's actually a test you can do um, by Pauline Rose Clance and to figure out like if you have it. So the first thing to do is acknowledge it. There's some really great TED Talks, including one by Elizabeth Cox on imposter syndrome, and she gives some really practical tips for um, overcoming it. One of the main things that she says is like you should talk about it and that kind of goes back to what I was saying before about finding friends or mentors who you can kind of open up with and share your fears with because inevitably they will share the same fears back and make you feel better kind of normalizing your experience and I love just revisiting my positive feedback I know that sounds like very ego driven but it's not that it's just to remind me you know of all the wonderful things that people have written about me say about me and The last thing is practice introvert acceptance. So basically this is embracing and accepting your introverted nature and recognizing that it's not a weakness, but it's a, you know, it's really a strength. So those were really, really great tips, Julie. Thank you so much. I feel like we need to delve a little bit more into introverted acceptance there. Tell me more, kind of walk me through it a little in a little bit more detail. Yes. Practicing introvert acceptance has been really transformative for me personally. So basically it involves embracing and celebrating my introverted nature and recognizing it as an asset rather than a limitation. Um, So I basically accepted like my need for solitude, my need to recharge my energy and find balance in what is a pretty socially demanding industry. And basically it involves a lot of like self-acceptance so I've now learned to yeah show up authentically as myself and set my own goals and you know and focus on my strengths 
And it's brought me so much professional fulfillment, but it's also brought me a deep sense of personal satisfaction and well-being from basically not trying to be something that I'm not. And mm-hmm. yeah, so to sum it up, it's basically prevented me from burning out. So I would recommend everybody to explore this idea of introvert acceptance, even if you just have an inkling that you might be an introvert. Absolutely. That's super advice. Thank you so much. We're going to move on now to boundaries and self-care. Obviously, mega important in the human race in general. And I think a lot of us, even outside of the wedding industry, as people struggle with both of those things. So can we kind of talk about why that's important and also maybe some recommendations from you for how we can set boundaries as wedding professionals and, you know, how we need to take care of ourselves better. Yes. So we are in an industry that can be both a dream and a nightmare. You know, we have a lot of like wedding professionals have a lot of love and passion that we pour into our work and that, you know, gives us all these warm, fuzzy feelings. That's why we do what we do. But it's really important not to ignore the not so glamorous side of the industry, which is, you know, we as wedding professionals can be prone to like stress, depression, anxiety can kind of sneak up on us. So I think in general, wedding professionals are pretty like optimistic and independent kind of souls. You know, we run our own businesses, but sometimes those rose colored glasses kind of can hide the early warning signs like when we need a helping hand so Mm. instead of seeking help when our mental health is poor we often kind of suffer in silence like it's a tough industry we work in like we have long hours we work a lot of weekends so it's hard to balance you know family life we we have I'm going to say like unreliable income streams like because of the different wedding you know busy seasons and all that so like it's a pretty hard industry to work in so like, while we love what we do, there's kind of a catch. Like, you can become a slave to the business without even noticing. And, like, I hate the hustle mindset. Like, it's no joke. And basically, it's particularly serious. You can kind of lose yourself in the grind when you're an introvert. So, it, basically, what I'm trying to say is that you've got to take care of yourself before you can shower others with magic. So, I think, like a lot of wedding professionals, we tend to be people pleasers as well. Like, we say yes to every opportunity, like, you know, but I've learned now it's okay for me to say no. Like, for example, I don't always have to go to every networking event, or I don't have to show up on social media every single day. It's okay for me to protect my energy. And for me, like, especially like when life gets crazy and when wedding season gets crazy, my natural instinct is to just work like crazy and go full throttle trying to kind of outrun the chaos and that's usually the exact moment when I need to slam on the brakes and you know look after my well-being I've learned I've learned that over time so I would like to talk yeah about some of my strategies that I use that I think others might be interested in too so the first one is an unusual one and I'm not going to start with meditation or anything like that I'm going to start with something a little bit different so I think raising your prices is actually a self-care strategy. So like when you set a higher price, it communicates the value of your services and it basically establishes a boundary that reflects that you, you know, know the value of your offering, know your worth. And it sends a really clear message that you're serious about your work and that you're not willing to compromise on quality. And this boundary, you know, it filters out people who might not appreciate your expertise and it should, in theory, attract people who are willing to pay for the value that you provide. So, yeah, charging higher prices, you know, you can take on less clients and but you should still have the desired income. So 
Yeah, I think that's like a really key strategy in maintaining a work-life balance. Yeah. I love that. That's perfect. Have you got perhaps any um, tips for self-care and how, you know, so we've talked a little bit about boundaries there. What are the kind of the the day-to-day, the month-to-month things that you do as a wedding professional that perhaps others can do to make sure they're looking after themselves? Yes, I think like the obvious ones, like for me, it's like meditation is super helpful. I actually do it before a ceremony. Um, I try and look after my body as well. Like celebrants can get this thing called post-performance depression. I'm wondering if maybe potentially photographers can get it too. It kind of ties in with what you were saying about the hangover. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like it basically, yeah. So I try and like eat well and like you know I got into the really bad habit of buying frozen coke on my way home or maccas on my way home after every ceremony but now I try and be a little bit more organized and you know pack a bar protein bar and bottle of water or something like that I think that like as humans all celebrants and photographers like we occasionally have bad days at work and so like it's fine to offload on your partner or your flatmates or whoever but it's not quite the same as speaking to someone who really understands so yeah I think touching on what we had before, like building a network of people who you can talk to. And, you know, I pride myself on being like really prepared. I work really hard and I have high attention to detail, but like we all make mistakes and, you know, so it's never as bad as you think. So I try and like document my lessons learned, you know, acknowledge what I could have done better, maybe improve my systems and processes, but then I try and forgive myself, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's a really you know, that's really actually really key is that, you know, we're all too often as business owners sat here thinking, you know, oh, what could I have done better? Why didn't that go the way I wanted to? And almost kind of pinpointing those negatives, but then we forget to forgive ourselves afterwards. We forget to go, do you know what? I'm human. And, you know, I'm still a person behind this business and things aren't always going to go to plan and that's okay. Yeah. And funnily enough, one of the things that I think one of the reasons I think we get paid what we do, like I know we set we own our own rates, but I think one of the things that clients don't always understand is as a celebrant and as a photographer, like we almost impossible for us to take a sick day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, we can, of course, but I think like not just about a sick day, but if you're just having a bad day or something's going on in your personal life, like, so I work like every weekend, the whole year, more or less. So like inevitably things crop up in my personal life. Mm -hmm. And I think what we're really getting paid for is to get up, show up and get our game face on no matter what. And that Mm -hmm. just takes so much wherewithal, but like to support you to be able to look after your physical mental health as much as you can. Having a CRM definitely helps with overwhelm. Just having all the information in one place is super handy. And of course, the email templates, like it's just, you know, you don't have to reinvent the wheel every time you want to send an email. You can have, you know, customized templates in there to save you time. And I think just using some of the features of the CRM, like sending follow-up emails or appointments, reminders or updates like that basically means you can have a really high level of customer service but with less contact (laughs) so that's really helpful for an introvert and you know you can also use the other like um software like I'm sure most people are using zoom and calendly and things like that and but you know you can use those features to make sure that you only have appointments when you want them and yeah you don't have to go back and forth like really obvious stuff but I think for new celebrants and photographers starting out like if you're an introvert even more so you need you know a CRM yeah I love that that's perfect now moving on to working with 
those introverted clients as an introvert? What are your tips for making those two gel? Yes, I think one thing to consider is you probably could decide if you want to niche down. Like if you find you really love working with introverted couples, there's probably enough of them out there for you to niche down. Me personally, I decided that while I am particularly skilled at working with introverted couples because I understand them, I also do really enjoy working with high energy couples. But um, if you did want to have an example of a photographer who niche down, there's a guy from America called Gary Pope, and he basically has built his whole brand around working with kind of geeky couples. So not exactly introverted couples, but kind of similar. So yeah, he, his website is Love, Long and Prosper. And he has decided he's gone all in on the introverts. So yeah, I think like if you're an extroverted photographer or celebrant, you might need to be aware that you need to tone things down. And equally, if you're an introvert, you know, who's working with extroverted couples, you need to amp it up a bit. And then, of course, there's the mix where one person is extroverted and one person is introverted. So you can't really presume that they're both the same either. But I do have some tips for meetings. So in general, introverts are not going to like a busy meeting place. So I know the extroverts love the pub and, you know, but introverts, they kind of don't really like overly busy or noisy environments. So I would try and think about a kind of quieter meeting space if you can. Um, I mean, you should be doing this anyway, but, you know, like I said, introverts, they really like deep and meaningful conversations. So you have to really listen and also give them time to express their ideas without rushing them or even worse, interrupting them. You know, obviously that means like asking open-ended questions, uh, things like that. What I would say is, yeah, tip is respect silence so introverts they sometimes take more time to process information and to think about how they want to answer you so just to avoid the temptation to like rush in and fill the silences in conversations because that's not necessarily the right thing to do introverts might just be figuring out what they want to say next mm. I know it's socially acceptable to do small talk, like at the start of every meeting, like most people will start with small talk. But if you get the sense that it's not really working, don't push it too much. Introverts actually kind of hate small talk and mostly they just want to focus on the purpose of the meeting. So don't be afraid to get down to business if that's what you're sensing that they want. Um, the other thing with introverts is sometimes they need time yet yeah, to process information. So like in my meetings, I ask them questions, but sometimes they're not ready to give me an answer on the spot. And that's OK. I just follow up with an email with a little bit of homework, a little bit of to do list. And then that gives like to process things in their own time and come back to me at their own pace. And yeah, just try. And the best way to build trust with an introvert, I think, is just to, you know, be consistent, be reliable and deliver on what you say you're going to do. I mean, that goes for all clients, really. Yeah. That's my tips for meetings. Yeah, I love that. Perfect. Thank you, Julie. If you could start your career all over again, if you could go back right to the beginning, is there anything that you would do differently? I would say that I would focus less on wedding expos and focus more on like methods of advertising that suit my personality. So in particular, like building a great website and focusing on SEO. I now realize that ranking on the first page of Google for my preferred keywords is definitely the most effective 
way of advertising for me personally, especially when I compare it to traditional methods like wedding expos, which I just find completely exhausting, doesn't suit my personality at all. So yeah, um, I tend to excel at written communication. So I kind of wish I'd built and optimized my website sooner. I'm really good at creating like valuable and informative content that showcases my expertise. So now my blog attract tons of potential clients like coming from search engines and it kind of allows me to connect with my audience in a way that feels really comfortable and comfortable for me and like a place to my strengths I love that that's perfect if you could add a final piece of advice whether it be the best piece of business advice or a piece of advice that has made the most impact in your personal life what would that one piece of advice be I think it's important to establish a solid brand based on who you really are like I said there are couples for every type of person so don't feel that you have to be this extra personality if that's not really you and just really remember that being introverted it's not a weakness it's just simply a different way of operating in the world and you know I just think you need to lean into your strengths like lean into your storytelling ability and just create, try and create an online presence that resonates. Like if you are yourself, that will resonate with your target audience. Um, yeah, just trust your intuition and trust yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's perfect. If our listeners would like to find out more about you, get in touch with you, pick your brains a little bit more and find out about all the other things that you mentioned that you do at the start of this podcast, how can they get in touch? I know it's mostly photographers listening to the podcast, but, you know, if anyone from any profession wants to get in touch with me to talk more about this topic of introversion, feel free. I'm always willing to talk to anyone about this this topic. Um, But yeah, I do specifically do celebrant mentoring. So reach out if you're interested in that. And I'm running a comedy writing workshop for celebrants that might interest lots of the celebrants that listen. So if you're really good at nailing the sweet and meaningful stuff, but you're not 100% confident on how to get the guests to belly laugh on cue, this could be the workshop for you. I love that. And have you got a link that we can perhaps send listeners to to be able to find out more about these things? Yeah, I'll happily send you a link and to some of the other resources, the TED Talks and things that I mentioned. Yeah, amazing. So if you guys shoot over to the blog, you'll be able to see those links right at the bottom of the page. Thank you. Um, Julie, it has been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us on the show, for giving your all in talking about introversion. And, you know, I think there's probably so many listeners that are sat there thinking, do you know what? I'm ticking some of these boxes and I never even realized there's, you know, I think, there's a there's a lot to be said for having that realization when you know you you often just power through right so that's been so so good to be able to speak about it on the show with you thank you so much oh thank you so much I've loved being able to talk about this topic and yeah I really hope it helps someone amazing thanks again Julie see you soon bye bye Okay, guys, that's everything from me today. Thank you so much again to Julie for coming on the show and chatting all things introverted as a wedding supplier. If you'd like to see the show notes, you can head to www.studioninja.co forward slash episode 111. As always, please don't forget to rate us on the podcast platform that you're listening on. A little bit of love goes a very long way. I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of NinjaCast brought to you by Studio Ninja. Beautifully designed and super easy to use, Studio Ninja will help you manage your leads, clients, shoots, 
invoices, contracts, workflows and so much more. To learn more or start your 30-day free trial, go to www.studioninja.co.